Hi everyone, this is Anthony Diaz with the Pop Health Show, and this show is for anyone that has a strong passion for making people healthier in this world, whether it's one other person, multiple groups. We have healthcare providers on the show, executives from hospitals, executives from insurance companies, healthcare VCs, digital health startups, um, anyone that has a passion and, and responsible for processes that are affecting large populations and groups to get healthier. This is fun for us to do, but the most important thing is my guest today. And so today I have Liz Rocket on the show. Really enthused to have her on. Liz Rocket is the director at Kaiser Permanente Ventures, has a very interesting, vast background, sits on the boards for some interesting like next-gen companies that focus on mental health and chronic diseases, uh, therapeutics. She's done a lot. She's seen a lot. But the most important thing is, welcome, Liz. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, glad to, glad to be with you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for making time. And, uh, you know, what I love, I love stories and I love hearing about people's backgrounds and where they started off. Tell us how you became the person that you are. Tell us your origin story. Thank you. Yeah, small question to start off with. I love yeah, it. Tiny. <laughs> Just a tiny one. Um, and I, um, I mean, my origin story. I mean, at least in terms of how I ended up in healthcare, is a little bit um, fell into it, which is really interesting because I've ended up spending my entire career um, so far in our industry. Um, but I was an engineer in college, um, so went to school for engineering. Did two years of that. Um, and through a whole host of um, sort of influences, decided to switch and become an English major, which was a pretty big shift. Mm. And so I often say I graduated confused. <laughs> like, where am I going to go and what am I going to do with this? Mm -hmm. um, and found healthcare somewhat by accident, but I joined a, um, a startup in Boston. Um, and, you know, the upside of that was it meant I started off on um, a tech support desk. So just like right at the ground level, um, working in that case with um, with nurses who are trying to use our software to track um, real um, real world patient outcomes, and that um, that experience, I mean, it just lit me up in terms of um, how much need there was, right? So, mm -hmm. like, how many things that I in my daily life um, enjoyed that, like, folks working in the healthcare profession, caring for all of us, didn't have the benefits of. Um, but then also the people that I interacted with, whether it was the nurses on the front lines using uh, our product, whether it was the principal investigators who were helping us to shape and form that product, um, I just met uh, people whose passion was so infectious um, mm -hmm. and so energizing um, that I wanted to stick with it. And I, I ended up, um, I learned a lot about, um, you know, sort of startup operations from that first, you know, your first role is always so formative. Um, and one of the things I really took from it was um, just how important um, great culture and great leadership can be. Mm -hmm. So I kind of found my way to what was then the advisory board company, what's now part of Optum, um, because it was a company that really just valued that and vaunted uh, building great managers, having a, a really strong culture. Um, and doing um, work that others can't because you've got that. So that was, uh, those two experiences kind of shaped how I, you know, today as an investor, um, there were several steps in between uh, here and, and now, uh, then and now, but um, but I think those two experiences have definitely been just in terms of uh, some of those early experiences that shape how you look at 
um, our market, how you look at different companies and leaders who are trying to change things um, were really influential. I love it. I love it. No, a really interesting combination background, right, from a lot of different disciplines and, you know, really, really exciting to see, you know, where you've been, but where you're at today. And, you know, you also sit on some interesting boards. You're you're making some bets in some interesting new emerging areas, some fringe tech areas in, in, uh, in health. But I guess, Liz, let me, I would love to hear a little bit about maybe one or two of your spaces in health, you know, or some topics in health that really are fascinating to you right now. I'm really capturing your engagement, your attention. Tell us a little bit about what you're seeing. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, so our fund, the KP Ventures Fund, um, it's such an interesting place to, to get to do this work. I actually came here about four years ago out of um, an impact investing firm um, called Imprint Capital that's now been acquired into Goldman Sachs. But um, there, you know, we're helping uh, folks find and make um, impact investments in health. Um, and one of the challenges was, you know, it was always that sort of like helping somebody just get started with an investing practice. And, and here, KP Ventures has been around for over 20 years. Um, there's kind of a, um, a great stable foundation to be able to do this work and also a whole portfolio. You know, we've invested in over 60 companies over the life of that. Um, and the companies that we've invested in have been pushing the boundaries of healthcare. And so as an investor, it's just an incredibly um, privileged place to sit where you get to work from all the lessons of those past companies um, as you look at some of the new things that are happening today. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, we've done, um, we were early investors in um, the whole mental health um, sort of tech revolution that is still going on that really is, is predicated on um you know, sort of coming out of the dark about the need for mental health access, uh, right. trying to lift mental health out of um, a taboo state so that folks um, feel comfortable saying like, hey, like I am suddenly dealing with anxiety, with depression, with fill in the blank, whatever it is, um, and getting support for it. And I think that that sort of there's both sides of the equation. Um, KP obviously has been a big advocate for um, on the consumer side, like trying to break through those taboos and um and give support in the consumer sphere for people coming forward and saying what they need. Um, but as an industry, I think healthcare struggles with just sort of how we provide access, how we cover the cost of mental health care, all these different things. So technology, we've believed for a while, has a, a potentially potent role to play of just helping people um, get access, get interstitial care. So we're investors in Ginger, we're investors in big health. Mm -hmm. um, and we've been, you know, one of the new areas we've been looking um, at a bunch of things in is in the space of um, addiction services. So mm -hmm. addiction is one of the, the tougher areas of mental health from a, um, a medical perspective because it's there's not really clean outcomes. I think one of the things that's become a North Star for our fund, and we learned this through OMADA, certainly learned it through Big Health, through others, is you want to be able to point to, if you're a new care model, right, if you're a tech-enabled care model, something that the the, the, the powers that be are going to be like, ooh, that's new, it's a little uncomfortable. Right. You want to be able to point to outcomes that everybody knows about in matter. So for Amada with um, pre-diabetes care, you know, preventing people from progressing to full diabetes, it's been about weight loss. And the ability to prove that you can help people lose weight 
um, again and again and use that as that North Star um, gives everybody a little bit more comfort of like, okay, this is a new model of how to deliver care, but it's working. So now I want to know a little bit more. Um, And so in mental health, you know, we see this with how you affect anxiety, depression uh, for big health. Their initial product focus is on sleep. um, And sleep is a super interesting one. We got really compelled by that one because uh, insomnia is comorbid, as we say Uh in the healthcare world, right? It's it's present when you have anxiety, depression, and many other things. And so it's the sort of Trojan horse mental health condition where you can say, you know, we're going to help you address your sleep. Mm-hmm. By the way, cognitive behavioral therapy, the you know modality that we're going to use to treat it, will actually uh, impact anxiety, depression. And, and Big Health was compelling to us because it's such an evidence-driven company. They had clinical trials that they'd done to understand, are we actually affecting anxiety? You know, how do we affect insomnia? So that's a super long way of just saying that, you know, as we've started to turn our eye to the addiction space, we've been looking for that, you know, what is that, what are those metrics that you can say, like, this is a player that even though they're innovating on the service model, they're a great player. They're actually achieving things for the patients that they're serving. And it's trickier. It's a lot trickier. And so that's um, an area that we're just trying to learn a lot more about um, because it's, it's often about. Um, enabling folks to stay with the therapy that they're mm-hmm. in or the treatment that they're in. Um, and abstinence may be the outcome. It, you know, like, how do you think about that? So anyway, it's, as a venture person where I'm, I'm so aware that, like, I just kind of helicopter into these places where people have built, you know, pantheons of knowledge. And, and I'm trying to just uh, run to catch up and, and understand so that we can see who the good players are. That's one that, that we're really um, digging in on. I think it's an important area. I love it. I love it, Liz. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's so vast. And it is, I guess it's exciting to see like the destigmatization, right, of, uh, of mental health, of addiction, deeper conversations, but solutions that really work and have efficacy, clinical trials around them and stats, you know, serves as a platform. And then a lot of these pieces kind of overlap as well. You know, people that are addicted can get depressed, they can be anxious, anxious people may, you know, you know, vice versa. And we know know health is all in the mind. It's all about what starts in the mind. And, and, uh, but it's, it's really exciting. Obviously there's so much, um, out there, um, you know, you know, like so much more health tech that's happening. That's next gen, but we still need to focus on the basics, right? We still need to get the basics down. It feels like, but it's, it's refreshing to know that there's, there's services out there that can get our minds right are us not addicted to things. Um, great that you guys are making some bets and some some support and investments in the space. Um, Liz, let me ask you, tell me a little bit about, um, tell me about your vision of healthcare in the future, maybe the optimistic future that we're marching towards and you know, feel free to pick a time horizon, you know, whether it's five, 10, 20, 30 years from now, but tell me a little bit about the future of health uh, <laughs> according to Liz. Yeah. Um, it's such a, it's such a, um, a great question and a dangerous question Right. forecasting. <laughs> um, but I think that, uh, I feel pretty strongly that we're at an interesting time to kind of be, um, helicoptering up a little bit and taking stock of where things could head because we are really at, um, an inflection point. And I think the thing that I've learned to be true about our industry over my career, I'm 
you know, I started saying like, I want to change things. I want to change, you know, sort of like see these places where, where things could change and, and find a way to do that and have gone through the kind of doldrums of despair. Like nothing ever changes. Like we're, we're all <laughs> stuck with this. Um, I've been like, I think on, on both sides of that. And I think the reality is like healthcare um, has incredible sort of staying power to stick with the status quo. Um, but the things that we are seeing right now that are really rooted in the cost of care, right? Just that the cost of care for us is so high structurally. Um, and it's now falling to consumers with high deductible health plans and high deductible health plans. I think when they first came along, were sort of vaunted as this, like, it's going to save everything. Like these damn consumers are finally going to pay attention use care appropriately and the reality is actually a lot tougher than that there is some of that like a little bit more rational decision making but the reality that we've seen is is um that you've got a lot of perverse decision making but at the least you have consumers who are finally saying like why on earth does it cost me this much to do such and such right um, and some good rational questions there and i think that's the sort of thing that's fomenting behind some of the big industry moves that you see um, of folks like the, um, you know, Amazon, Berkshire Hathaway, JP Morgan Chase, um, sort of big movers, but then also um, some of the earlier stage players who are just saying, hey, like from care model up, like, let's just do this differently. The IORAs, the city block, city health works. I think that there's a lot of folks who are just saying, start with the care and do it in a different way. And I really believe like healthcare is built not on venture time horizon, which makes it hilarious that I'm in this role. But I think that, uh, you know, healthcare is built in decades. And so some of the companies that we are helping to form right now, it's why this DNA of efficacy, of engagement, of how do you really like sort of your net promoter score? How do you focus on all these things about building a great company that really serves the need? Um, can redefine our landscape. Mm -hmm. um, to me, that's where, like, I go back to that advisory board experience. Um, you have to be focused on the culture and the leadership of the company if you're thinking about building a business in that way, right? Where mm -hmm. it, it isn't just mm -hmm. about, like, you've got to figure out how to grow quickly and raise capital, and, like, there's all these sort of short-term goals. But in terms of changing our industry, it's also about having... Um, that really strong, solid DNA in how you build your culture, how you work together on these challenges, who the leaders are that you bring together around it. Um, and so that's what, when I think about the future state of healthcare, I think the most important thing that we need to be focused on right now is just sort of like, how are we, for these companies that are finding that, that sort of early to mid-stage success, how are we building them to last? Because I think that that's where, if we can create that different DNA. It's what allows for a different uh, industry as we look, you know, 10, 20 years in the future. I love it. I love it. Yeah, no, it's super, super powerful. Um, super powerful vision. I totally agree. And I, I love the framework too. It's kind of like this balance also between uh, patience, optimism and realism, right? Which is, it's, it's hard to strike a balance <laughs> of that too. And, and yeah, you know, uh, for me, the people that say, you know, oh, this, this system's just so horrible. It's, it's never going to change, you know, get them away yeah. from, I don't want to be around those people. I mean, I, it's, there's a better way of saying things, right? It's like, here's the opportunity in it. Here's the realism of this specific process, policy, 
you know, coming to fruition and then this will affect this and this will affect this. And so I, I love yeah. hearing it more from like a physics standpoint when we're talking about the things in healthcare, just like you've broken it down. Um, your advisory board experience, you know, what jumps out, I don't usually ask a lot of people this question, but you know, you have a really interesting framework uh, probably uh, of doing so much mm -hmm. research and getting deeper on some topics. So like on a therapeutic side, um, you know, this next gen like era of like ther therapeutics, you know, um, I don't know a whole ton about it, only from like the guests that have been on our show, but I would want to understand a framework for researching new areas. So like once you see a new area or Kaiser sees a new area that's a promise and you see a new trend, you're intrigued at it at a high level. What's your framework for like researching stuff? Do you, do you have like a certain framework of like, here's how I'm going to understand this? Um, you know, I'm starting to become a lot more obsessed with efficiency and research to understand components as mm. you know, the world's changing so fast. So I'm just kind of curious on like, how does how does Liz like research something new once you're once you're interested and you want to go deeper on it? Yeah, I think, um, and it's interesting. This is where we have um, a little bit of more expansive thinking possible within the venture fund versus mm -hmm. um, where we get to learn from our colleagues within um, the operating components of KP. Uh, I think that that. Um, and that is actually a huge part of how we do our work is um, to identify who are the folks around the Kaiser Permanente enterprise who are focused on this, affected by it, working with it, um, mm -hmm. resisting it or pushing for it, you know, whatever the thing is, um, because that, and I do believe like in healthcare investing, but also just in thinking about what's possible to change. So even if it's not an investing role specifically, but it's an innovation role, um, we are an industry of power dynamics and you have to learn and understand what those power dynamics are around something to know whether or not there's enough oxygen in the room for something to get off the ground. Um, so, you know, when I think about like, how do I, you know, in looking at like, will folks, will things take off in a particular market or does this company kind of have potential I, and this is, I mean, you mentioned the advisory board at the beginning of it. This is probably more than anything out of the training that I got in the new product development group. Um, I kind of got to sit alongside of them with some of the, the products that got launched um, while I was there. And that group had a very clear, you know, we want to go after new ideas that seem like they're important. Mm -hmm. But then before before we put any real major resources behind it, or God forbid, have a product in the market, we're going to do what is effectively like the lean startup model. Um, it's why like coming from DC to the Bay Area, I heard about lean startup, learned more about it, you know, this is 10, 12 years ago, but, uh, and realized this is effectively what we were doing in the new product development group, which is basically do the least that you can to have enough to bring to a lot of customers, potential customers, and get their honest feedback on it. And I think that, that you've got to figure out um, that market adoption in the cheapest way you can as quickly as possible. So that like when I'm looking at a new area, I'm trying to look at um, both, is there real differentiation here? Does the innovation matter? Is it different enough that it's going to matter to somebody? And then how does, like, don't, don't let the technology drive the problem. Like, how does the person who you think is going to need and use this actually respond to it? And that's, uh, to me, that's where, like, getting to do this work from within an organization like Kaiser Permanente means that I get to 
you know, go and, and sit with the folks who are actually working with our employer customers on a problem and understand, like, how does this problem get represented to you? Who do you go to and, and try to work on this within KP? I get to go and, you know, sit with the, the heads of operations um, who are trying to stand up new clinic models or all these different things to just understand what's working, what's not, what do we still need? Does mm-hmm. this solution feel like it has a place or is that just a distraction, right? And I think that that's the... Um, you get a lot of honest feedback when you're talking to the people who are actually tasked with doing the work. <laughs> right, right. So there's a lot of that. Well, this is uh, this is great, and uh, no, I really appreciate it. Um, let me ask you. Well, I have one more question for you before I ask it. Uh, what's a good way for people to find you online or engage with you if they would like to do so? Yeah. Um, so I am. Um, I use probably LinkedIn and Twitter as my main. Um, uh, social media outlets. Uh, LinkedIn sure. is just Liz Brockett um, uh, and there are kinds of permanent adventures and then Twitter um, is Liz underscore Rocket. And then um, if you're interested in just learning more about our fund, you can find us online uh, just kpventures.com um, and there you can see our portfolio or the rest of our fabulous team um, and just a little bit more about the kind of work we do. We put on events um, often in partnership with Rock Health um, would love to see folks there. Um, so any of those, uh, we're out there a lot. So would love to yeah. uh, to connect with people and welcome. Thank you for for offering that. Uh, welcome uh, any connections there. Awesome, awesome, Liz. Yeah, we'll link to that in the show notes and into those links. And so, um, so appreciate that, Liz. And so my last question for you is more along the lines of uh, from a, a personal well being standpoint. Uh, you see a lot, you do a lot, and you're probably really busy as well. Uh, but what it, what is one really good like health and well-being routine that really works for you that keeps the engine going? Uh, just love to hear about like one one thing or, or two things that that really work for you uh, these days. Yeah, um, I will. Uh, I will give you two, and I'm I mean I'm at a moment in my life where knock on wood I'm blessed with pretty good health. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get to do sort of the, um, the the just sort of like maintenance and feel good things, and I feel very lucky that I'm in that that moment right now. Um, but I, my biggest focus areas are probably sleep and meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, and with sleep, um, I'm a total night owl, and I will stay up until one or two in the morning without thinking mm-hmm. about it if I'm not careful. So I've actually been trying to cultivate more. Mm-hmm. Um, of ritual around bedtime, which is for me this like um, like it doesn't fit in modern life for me. I think for some people it comes really naturally. So that's it's super low tech. There's not anything um, uh, super you know sort of like connected about that. I've used uh, I've certainly used um, Big Health Sleepio mm-hmm. to help me just identify some of those things that were kind of getting in my way, which was incredibly helpful. Um, and it's a little bit of like paying attention to the five senses as you're getting ready for bed and, and thinking about all the things that will help your energy level kind of settle. If you have the, the sort of personality like me that loves to get revved up somewhere after 10 PM. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and meditation, um, I really do believe it's a, um, it's a superpower. Right. I still resist it. I don't always make time for it. I've done yeah. the thing of trying to think about it, like brushing my teeth. I'd never leave the house in the morning without brushing my teeth. doesn't matter how rushed I am or how many yeah. other things are going on. <laughs> I'm going to brush my teeth. Um, 
you know, can I think about even five minutes of meditation in that way? But when I can get a good um, 20 minute meditation, I have one and this is how you know I'm in the Bay Area. I'm going to say this out loud and the rest of the country is going to cringe, but it's okay. (laughs) I do uh, a chakra meditation, which is basically like sort of um, seven key points in the body um, that for me in focusing on each of those over the course of about a 20 minute meditation mm-hmm. leaves me feeling literally stronger. It's a crazy, I don't understand it. I don't know why it does that. Um, but if I can make myself do it, uh, it sets me, yeah, it's, it's like a, a superpower. It sets me oh, yeah. totally different day. It is. I, you know, just to be fully transparent, like I used to think the chakra stuff was, I didn't understand it before. And since, yeah, between you yeah. and the audience here, you know, I got in, I've gotten heavily into it and then the Kundalini meditations and, um, yeah, you know, I'm a founder. So sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm just like, okay, great brains working. I can just nothing I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. But what I found is I've got my, like, if that happens, I've got my go-to chakra and Kundalini, like nighttime meditations that are 20 to 45 minutes long and I'll okay. do them. And it's, even if I can't go back to bed, at least like it's the same, it feels like the same net benefit. Um, so just to kind You're of- You're in a rested state. Yeah, yeah. in a rested state, calm, well, you know, so I'm not gonna really like wake up and like faint, you know, in my 11 a.m. meeting, you know, um, it's, it's, but it's really interesting. You're, I think you're one of our first guests that have specifically cited that one. Um, and, and I've been trying to go deeper and understand it and understand, you know, why it is, is the way it is. But uh, no, that's great and refreshing. and. It's super exciting that obviously you're using your portfolio, uh, portfolios, uh, you know, company's uh, product too on the, on the sleep side as well. But yeah, it feels like this is the two combination of those is just like a superpower. Um, but um, Liz, this was powerful. This was great to hear your origin story, your passions in health, and then your vision of health in the future. And then obviously, thank you for ending us off with a really good actionable nugget for us to, you know, for our listeners to apply or look to apply in their own life. Um, um, so Liz, this was great. To our listeners out there, this is the Pop Health Show. This is for anyone that has a passion for health in this world, for making other people healthier in this world. Liz, this was great. Thank you so much again. Hey, thank you. This was a lot of fun. Thanks for the conversation. Thank you so much.